Welcome to Leveling Up, where you'll learn from leading experts in talent development and explore how leaders in some of the world's most successful businesses approach employee development, manager training, and more. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also listen on our website at levelingup.co. Hey everyone, it's Mary, and you are listening to another episode of Leveling Up. Today I have with me Bhavna Chatalavada, one of our amazing coaches here at Marlowe. And we're going to do things a little bit differently today because Bhavna and I sat down to talk about some of the trends that our coaches are seeing when we work with our members. And so this is definitely not a promotion for Marlowe, but instead we wanted to dive into trends that managers are facing today as they approach growing their own skill set, getting their own teams to performance, making sure that they're adding the most value within their organization. We talk a lot about burnout and mental health topics that have been coming up. And overall, I really think it's a good opportunity for all of our listeners to identify what is it that's going on with your managers? How are your managers approaching the challenges of today? And I know it's been over a year since the pandemic started, but a lot of those same challenges are ever present. And many of them are never going to go away because the world has changed. We're dealing with more of a remote work culture than ever before. People are looking for ways to improve their skill set. So there's just a lot going on. I really enjoyed talking with Bhavna. I hope you enjoy our episode. We're hoping to do more of these in the future. Please do shoot us a note and let us know if you enjoyed this episode. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you can keep up to date. Go to levelingup.co and we will keep you in the loop. When we talk about talent development and we have so many great leaders coming onto the podcast to share their experiences, that's a really great view and perspective from your point as an audience, but it's missing the other half, which is the individual employees within the organizations and what they're experiencing and some of the pain points that they're bumping into. So Bhavna and I are just going to get into it today. We're going to get into various themes and topics. And Bhavna, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've listened to this podcast, of course, and I'm excited to be here and share some of the member perspective and coach perspective that we have. Great. Why don't you start by sharing a little bit about yourself and how you became a coach? Yeah, sure. So my story was a little bit windy, I would say. My dad is a coach and That, of course, made me run away from the path as much as I could at first. And I tried to do other things and learn about how businesses work and consult. Came from a background of working in media, tech, and finance. And through doing that, I learned a lot about how organizations work and how people work within them. And I realized that's what I was paying attention to and that I would love to help people with the perspective that I had and with what I had been able to watch and learn from my dad and from leadership studies in college. So then I just transitioned into coaching full-time. Awesome. Can you describe our coaching style within Marlowe? Yeah, sure. We work with members across all different types of industries. And generally, they are people who are new managers or they're experienced managers or directors, VPs, pretty much any level up to executive focusing on career growth from We have six core competencies that we tend to focus on, but people come with all sorts of personalized situations and we work with them directly where they're at. One question that comes up a lot with people in our network is what's the difference between coaching versus mentorship versus consulting or advising? Can you Mm -hmm. share a little bit more on that? Yeah, definitely. Coaching 
is, well, we call it a partnership that facilitates self-discovery. So it's really about the member and their own self-discovery and growth and us facilitating that by asking the questions which help them uncover what's underneath whatever challenges they're facing. So it's an inside-out angle, whereas mentorship or consulting or advising take the perspective of sharing a knowledge or giving instruction which we do from time to time with the resources we have, but we are pretty pure to the coaching approach as well. We're seeing a lot of themes and trends that members are covering. And I know that you're right in the thick of it. We we have lots of members covering topics within these different six core skills that you mentioned before. Why don't we start at the top? What is the topic that you would want to start with today in terms of where our members have been focusing their attention over the past month? Yeah. So I've seen a lot over the past month of people looking to take the next step in their career. And that involves so many different things. It's either leadership skills or it's learning how to manage up or advocate for themselves. It's thinking about their strengths and trying to define their responsibilities. So basically the topic of career advancement and all the different shades that takes. And so let's start with really identifying their next step. How does that topic typically show up within a coaching conversation? Is it that people are stressed about what's happening next or is it just an organic part of it's spring and people are thinking about the performance cycles? How is this playing out? Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of both. So people come in and they speak to their current challenges. And if that's what they're experiencing, it's usually what they're sharing. I think the performance reviews have something to do with it. And then also I would say remote work has made people more aware of what they really enjoy doing and what they don't, and just more time to be reflective and think about those things. So it's probably a combination of those factors. And so in remote work, is that impacting the way that people are discussing career progression as well? How does that change their conversation? Yeah, I think it tends to make it more formalized. So there's less time for informal interactions of, hey, what do you think? And it becomes instead a 30-minute conversation of, I want to talk about this topic with whoever their manager is or Yeah. Let's zoom out a little bit in terms of, you know, by the time somebody is getting to a point where they're thinking about their career trajectory and how their current role might be fitting into the bigger picture, imagine that they're coming to you at this point talking about career progression, but what would you have hoped that they would have done in the months leading up to this conversation? A lot of times people come in and they haven't really started the process, but they know they're dissatisfied with their role and their responsibilities or I think actually a common topic has been taking on more responsibilities because of remote work and they're starting to realize, and the coaching helps bring this out more, that they're not exactly playing fully to their strengths. So I think it tends to start there. If it had started earlier, I think the hope would be that they would have known what their strengths are and tried to set up their projects in a way that allowed them to prove that. And then you're closer to the conversation of getting what you want. But we tend to work through that in coaching too. Yeah, that's where those one-on-one conversations come up quite a bit, huh? Yeah, definitely. So in this conversation, so they're starting to think about next steps in career progression. And you mentioned earlier some of the skills that they might be wanting to highlight, leadership skills being among them. What types of skills are you seeing come up? A common one has been influence and persuasion. Whether you have the title or not, how do you influence people to see your perspective or to get to have buy-in from them. 
those things are very relationship-based, but also they require a certain level of strategic and critical thinking and these other factors. So that's one common thing that we've been looking at. And how do we approach that from a coaching angle? How do you help individuals identify how to influence their surrounding or think about situations more strategically? It starts usually with understanding their individual context because it varies so drastically. One member may come from an environment and a culture where maybe gender is an impediment. So then we're looking at what are the things you could do to build confidence and to advocate for yourself getting around these things that people face. And another member might be coming to the conversation from a place of not really having the relationships they want. So how do you build those relationships and that trust? How do you create psychological safety? How do you show credibility? Then it becomes more about presenting ideas and building relationships. So it really varies from person to person. How does self-advocacy make its way into one of the skills that these individuals should be developing right now in order to advance their career? I've seen a lot of members who don't necessarily have a direct relationship with their manager that they've built. So a lot of times it starts with building that relationship and the trust. And how do you get your manager to see your point of view and tell your story? And if it's a relationship where it's primarily project-based and based around the work, then we have to talk a lot about what does it take to get there and to develop those skills too. So let's dive into some of the skills that you mentioned before. In our preparation for our conversation today, you mentioned defining responsibilities has come up quite a bit. Can you talk a little bit about why this is important and why it's a conversation that pops up from time to time? Yeah. So I think it has a lot to do with employee satisfaction and people come into coaching conversations and when they're dissatisfied with the work they're doing or they're feeling very drained, then we want to be reflective and figure out why that is. A lot of times when we start to be reflective and understand the problem, even as they're talking through it, they're realizing that, oh, it's actually because I don't really like working on events and now I'm on events or something like that. So then we have to think about in the context of their work and the responsibilities, how do you craft the role so that you can do less of that? Or if you're doing that, what can you add that is actually fueling you so that you have more of a holistic balance to your workday? Does defining responsibilities come up quite a bit on the other side of it of if you don't know what's expected of you in terms of your day-to-day responsibilities, how can you get that career bump that you're looking for, that promotion or even just increased responsibility? Does Mm -hmm. it come up in that context as well? Yeah, I have heard it come up in that context where members might have a new manager or they've been moved into a new role and they're just starting to figure out what is expected of them. And a lot of the members we have are very driven and career focused and they want to grow. And in order to grow, you have to know what the person who's in charge of promoting you is looking for and what they expect. Those are definitely conversations we have. So you mentioned that hiring has come up a lot with our existing members over the past month. And this is a topic that's actually coming up a lot within my network as well of you know talent development leaders where a lot of people are still working remotely and a lot of people are starting to grow their teams again. They may have had layoffs before, or maybe they had a hiring freeze, but now they're really growing their team and they're growing their team in a remote environment. I'm curious what we're seeing within our Marlowe member network around hiring and especially for early managers where this might be one of the first or second times that they've had the opportunity to grow their team. How is hiring coming up in the coaching conversation? Yeah, primarily around a couple of different areas. 
One is as new managers are figuring out how much of a workload to give their new report and what they can expect out of them as far as like productivity. It's difficult to understand in a remote context what their pace of work is or how engaged they really are or how much free time they have. Those kinds of things are harder to understand and manage. So there tend to need to be more check-ins around that and more of an open conversation of asking the questions of is this enough work? Do you feel challenged? Do you feel stimulated? Do you need more? So going through those sorts of discussions and doing role play with managers. Yeah. So that's one big area. And I think the second topic that's coming up with new managers is they so far in their careers have known how to manage their own time pretty well and how to manage their own advancement. And now that they're responsible for someone else's career progression and growth and completion of projects, they're finding how that also affects how they're viewed by their superiors. So doing a good job of managing is going to help them advance as well. So they're trying to figure out what are the skills they need in order to manage as well as possible so that they're set up to take the next leap in their career too. I can only imagine we have all these new, it was already tough to get into the remote workspace even if you're in a team that was working remotely before, but maybe went into the office from time to time or had at least the ability to see people, suddenly we're in this world where everything's virtual and you're managing people from a distance as a first-time manager in a lot of cases. And to your point, you have all these people who are trying to take on the balance of being good at what they were already doing, managing their time effectively, and now they have to make sure that they're learning new management skills in a world where they probably didn't even learn how to be a manager in the first place in a lot of cases. Yeah. How does coaching help in this? And I want to like really dig into what might a coaching conversation on this topic look like? Hey, I now get to hire my team. I hired three or four people and I need to get them to performance. As a coach, how are you driving that conversation with them to help them unlock their potential? Yeah. A lot of times they come in and they're just like, I don't really know what I need to know. So it starts with understanding from a coaching perspective, what do you know? And asking the questions that kind of give context as to where they're operating from. And then from there, it becomes about, we have certain competencies, like I mentioned at Marlowe and within people management, when we go into the coaching conversation and we start to talk about these topics, we try to break down what does clear expectations mean? What are some effective frameworks of giving feedback? And helping the member through a combination of sharing resources and frameworks and also reflective questions, helping them understand what it would take for them to give clear expectations or to deliver feedback. Awesome. And so as what exactly it would take for them to do this, but also how does that change from person A and then person B has a really different approach and person C has an even more unique Mm -hmm. approach. How do we help them experiment with what might work best with each different member? Yeah. When it's a new relationship and they're a new manager, definitely always encourage starting with building trust and psychological safety and asking the questions up front too of how do you receive feedback and even doing some coaching as a manager of what it means to receive feedback well and how perception plays into it and how to filter what you take in as well. So definitely start with building relationships and understanding what people need. And then from that understanding, we can have a tailored conversation of what it would mean for that particular person to have clear expectations. And for some members, it's particularly difficult. We have 
a few members who have new direct reports who have unique sort of challenges in receiving feedback, being very sensitive to it, or having received clear expectations, but not meeting them. So then how much leeway do you give and what sorts of conversations do you have to make those expectations clearer to our conversations we have as well in the coaching context? And all those conversations around feedback that, gosh, I can't even imagine if you were not somebody who learned how to deliver feedback in person and then suddenly have to do it remotely. Mm-hmm. That, that brings up a whole new group of challenges. Yeah. That kind of takes us right into difficult conversations. As we've gone through the past few months and really navigating the fact that we're still in a pandemic, we're still working remotely, we're still, this new normal really became the normal, right? There's no sign of when it'll go back to complete normal. A lot of our clients are back in the office working in a modified situation. Most are still working in some sort of hybrid format, which means that they have children or dogs or whatever distractions might be happening at home and their employees do too. Has difficult conversations as a topic, has that changed from what you would have seen, say, more than a year ago? Yeah, I think so. I think, for one, I think there's a lot more empathy. I think people understand that it might just be a bad day, they might just be stressed. And I think that's one silver lining of the pandemic in that everyone's gone through it. So there's more empathy for what the other person might be going through. Whereas before, maybe there could have been more of a tendency to take things personally or to make it a character thing or something like that. Yeah. And so now they're approaching it with the ability to say, okay, let's step back. We know that this is a unique situation. How do we approach difficult conversations within the coaching context? Not to get into the nitty gritty again, but Mm -hmm. I I think it is helpful to see if somebody has a conflict with a coworker, how does that play out in a coaching context with you or one of our other coaches? Yeah, definitely see A lot of these situations, it's only natural in a workplace to have these come up from time to time. It does vary, but I think the first step usually is to have them share from their perspective what has happened or what is happening. So understanding the problem and giving the member airspace to talk through it. And a lot of times as they're talking through it, they realize things that they didn't before. And it also allows the coach to key into words they're using or emotions they're expressing, changes in tone. And then to focus the next question to either further inquiry or to help them design like small changes that could be made or something like that. It varies, but it tends to be that particular setup carries over across all of the issues. How do we stick with them after the fact (laughs) to make sure that they're actually applying what you've talked about? Our members are definitely very invested in the outcome themselves. So they tend to come into each conversation following also with updates on, hey, this happened or that happened, or I saw this progress. But if they don't, definitely checking in on, hey, last time we talked about X, what's going on with that? Or were you able to take those steps? And actually in between conversations too, we do engage on the chat dashboard. So sometimes they'll see some sort of development in between sessions and we're able to keep in touch through that so that the next conversation can take it a step further and the context is already covered before. Where do you think coaching conversations are going to head over the next couple months? We're seeing all these conversations around career progression and promotion cycles and leveling up as a leader. Are you seeing any beginning hints of a trend that might play out over the next month? Yeah, as things in the world are shifting, I'm seeing some changes. People who are in sales are saying that they'll probably start traveling in June or July. And then that becomes a shift in how they're going to manage their people or 
manage their responsibilities as they get back out in the field, things like that. As things open up more, we might switch more from topics like burnout or purely leadership skills to talking more about people management, more about strategic awareness as well. I think once you're in office, it's a little bit easier to have those discussions about what is strategy in the context of being in someone's presence and in meetings with people in executive positions and that sort of thing. And so really going from this putting out fires and trying to stay above the water to how do we actually thrive within the environment that we're in? Exactly. Yeah. As a coach, looking back over the past month, can you share a couple high level aha moments? What positive takeaways have we seen members experience in the past month? From a time management perspective, a lot of people over the last year and especially the last few months as they've settled into remote work more are trying to figure out how to balance their calendars and their responsibilities and also their self-care. So I've seen a couple of instances in the past month where we talk through proactive and reactive calendaring and how to structure your calendar in a way that accounts for proactive and reactive time, basically. And a couple of members who went through that process found that it really made a shift in their energy levels throughout the day and how they were able to balance their responsibilities. It was really surprising for them how much of a difference that made. So little things like a proactive reactive time, understanding what's important versus what's urgent, getting outside and taking a break, and just thinking through what little experiments during the day they could take to add more energy or to feel more refreshed as they're getting into something that they might not want to do as much as they wanted to do the previous thing. So a lot of little things like that. Proactive, reactive time, important versus urgent. These are topics that come up for us quite a bit. How are we adding in the training components for topics like proactive and reactive time, important versus urgent, how to really manage their day? We have resources on all of those topics and in those six competency areas that I, I didn't list them earlier, but I did mention their leadership, people management, communication, strategic awareness, career direction, and productivity. So within productivity, we've got a lot about time management and prioritization and tips and tricks basically to be more productive. So in the coaching conversations, we tend to get context about their particular situation and then talk through a little bit of what solutions might be. And then in between sessions is a pretty ideal time for them to look at the resources and do some reflection and experiment a little bit with what might work for them. And then they come back and report on what worked and what didn't, and we keep refining from there. This has been really insightful. Before I go into some final rapid questions for you, any other skills or topics that you want to highlight from the past month? We got through a lot of them. I would say leveling has been a big one that's come up. Organizations are doing some restructuring in terms of designing career path progressions for people. And then our members, a few of them have gone through the process of either creating leveling or doing a hiring process where they're now at a different level and trying to understand what it takes to get to the next one. So a lot of those conversations have been happening too. Is there anything that stands out as an example of what our members have really appreciated that their companies are doing to support them through these very strange times? We have a few people who have been able to move to places like their hometown which is much smaller and cost of living is much lower and they've been able to keep their same salary 
and even in some cases get raises. And I think that's really appreciated for them. We've also seen a lot of people get stipends or amounts of money they can use towards their own learning, which people have used for either like virtual conferences or certifications and all of these different things that they can now do with their time now that they can't do other things as much. Great. So a little bit of a shifted investment, it sounds like, Yeah. how they're getting those resources. What do you wish companies knew about what their employees are going through right now? What are some takeaways that might benefit companies as they're thinking about how best to support their employees? I've had a few members who they really just want to use their strengths to the maximum to help their companies. And they see really clear areas where they can do that. And some of them are now going through the process of in their day-to-day, they're starting to think about what are the gaps and efficiencies and things that could improve if they were to focus on it. I've talked to a couple of members who are now doing this and planning to have a conversation in the next few months where they can make a case for switching into a role or crafting a role. So I think it would be helpful for companies to know that they do have really invested employees who are looking to help in a way that maximizes their strengths and potential. So engaging with them in that conversation and creating win-win scenarios, I think would be a good way to go. And if you had to flip that, what do you wish the members that we're working with knew about the other side of what their leaders are facing or thinking about? I've had a couple of conversations recently with people who are, they're getting the opportunity to sit down with executive leaders or CEOs, which they haven't really had before. And as they're thinking through, what do I talk to this person about, this person who's in charge of this company? And how do I both express my desires and also appeal to them? So talking through how to get buy-in and also how to excite someone in that position by sharing how you're going to help the company, how invested you are, and really helping them see how them helping you is going to benefit both of you. Interesting dynamic. All right, Bhavna, we are just about out of time here. I would love to wrap up with hearing more about what you're excited about as a coach in the coming months. I personally joined Marlowe about six months ago, so I'm excited. I think the six-month mark is a pretty interesting one in coaching engagements where you've just started to really get into the depth of the engagement a lot of times. So I'm excited to keep growing those client relationships and keep helping people progress and We're also seeing a lot of growth. So I'm excited for new members coming on board and starting new engagements with them as well. Great. Thank you so much for being here. I know you have a busy schedule, so I appreciate you making the time. Thanks, Mary. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Head over to levelingup.co to join our newsletter and to find past episodes. 